0: hello Gd good and tag bonjour And, of course, ni hao to I'm Usually More Professional. I'm A.H. Kaylee, Joe Hildebrand. Konnichiwa. How are you going? Oh,
1: hello. Konnichiwa and a big ni hao to Kevin. Hi. (laughs) Hope you're listening.
0: Sam Dastyari. Still disgraced.
1: Still disgraced. Still (laughs) Still here. Still here. More disgraced as every week
2: goes by, it appears, but still here.
0: Do you know what? Uh, I think that's very generous of you to do that and help our ratings mm. in that regard thank yeah, you yeah yeah,
2: just to keep making news for all the wrong reasons i know yeah. i
1: had a week off disgracing myself so it was great and very noble well it's important that i step, step up and fill the void I, so you right. need someone to step up right. and really be the the face that's of, right one of, of us this. needs to be disgracing ourselves at all time and can i say AHK, why is it fucking me you have, that's right sam is carrying the load i'm trying to do my bit but i'm i'm the only one with a you know yeah. a respectable job to ho- try to hold on to where are you in all this
0: um, I mean, look, I'm just a cheeky bloody larrikin. I'm just a funny little sprite who goes around and does my thing. I can't help if the public's cool with it.
2: Yeah, this is the problem. <sighs> at Bladios. what point, at what point a disgraced former politician is going to cop a break? I know. Right.
1: <laughs> this is Where's a system, their voice? Mate, Where's th- their voice? This
2: is a system geared against the Former politicians. I mean, like you know, I'm struggling. I, I can't walk down the street and not have someone try and get me consulting for them right now.
1: Also, what is up with the millennials? How did we, how did we somehow breed this generation? Breeding comes from sex, you know. Some millennials are too busy, you know, popping disco biscuits and talking about peace to bother doing. They're still they're still fucking exactly. They, are they? <laughs> yeah, just, just, not just not us. <laughs> just because they're not having sex with us doesn't so mean they're not having nice. sex. They're so law abiding, they're so sensible, they're respectful of other people's feelings. I had all the, the kids from Studio Ten over all the young producers, because that's all we could afford. And <laughs> you know, and, and all the, the, the Gen X hosts are just disgracing themselves, you know, we're drunk by 7 PM, we're getting up, we're making long Mm. nonsensical speeches and falling over in the garden. The millennials all just sit there. They have a couple of, you know, little, you know, white wine spritzers, maybe an apple cider, light because they might be driving. And then they clean up after themselves. And the next morning I wake up at 3pm. I can't remember where I am. I look at my phone and there's like 10 messages saying, thanks very much for having us over. This terrible. is terrible. Gen- this disgraceful. disgraceful. Can I tell you? It's and ama- yet, they want to
2: be represented in parliament. That's right.
0: It's amazing the impact of virtually no job security will have on you in uh, in so how you bring you're yourself just, you're just to, nice it, to, to everyone. you are just so nice to everyone. Please don't
1: sack me. <laughs> okay.
2: I have. This is what I'm doing wrong. Because I have virtually no job security to peers as well, and yet I'm constantly disgracing myself.
1: Well, no, well, unless because, that is no, my no, no, because that's right. Disgrace is now your brand. Yeah. That's the thing. This is your thing. You actually have to keep distra- disgrace yourself to, to stay on message. I have to go back to drinking. I think I've this been is the telling problem. you this for weeks. Right,
2: me not drinking has meant that I have way less, you know, crazy that's shit right. happen to me. Mm. And, and I've gotten to this. Have you seen these non-alcoholic beers? Oh, it's just disgusting. Oh, they they sell them now at service stations for millennials. I got pulled over at an RBT drinking one in the car, oh. allowed. Yeah. You're like, you can't it's be just, drinking normal beer.
1: It, but it's a, oh, I, I mean, look, I was the said,
0: world's gone mad, hasn't it? What do you think about airplane no, food,
1: Sam? Oh, oh, what is it with oh, plane food anyway? I know anyway. what you're doing. I know what you're doing. You're making us look old. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. the problem is the world hasn't gone mad. The world's make, gone sensible. It's gone boring. I'm
0: making you look old. Guys, okay. let's start the actual show proper. Sorry. No, don't. Never
1: nah, apologise. Nah. Joe, do you oh, want your tea? Sorry. Yes. It, it come with for, for those
2: at home, we literally have cups of tea, and I, I was just—I had the shits because all they gave me was a, a kind of normal Earl Grey, and I was like, "No, I want my green tea or my yeah. lemon and ginger."
1: Yeah, you—you you, you are just such—you are just such a cliche of a reformed alcoholic. It just sickens me. <laughs> yeah, reform. So what are you going to do after this? Go for an ocean swim? Yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. <laughs> Guys, uh, Sam, phone on silent, please.
1: <laughs> He's probably still lobbying.
0: Yeah. So Captain GetUp's uh, parentage was confirmed today in a tweet. Uh, he released a video sharing his birth certificate showing that Bill Shorten is his father and, amazingly, the CFMEU is his mother, which is interesting given that, given that you know, Bill was with the AWU and those mm. two unions were at outright war with each other. So maybe it's a bit of a Romeo and Juliet situation is how Captain Getup came to be. Guys, to me, Captain Getup strikes me as the most effective campaign for the left.
1: Oh well, do no. You know, no! Do you know that He's the- effective. Good on I'm
2: Sorry. Jared mm. Benedet, the guy who runs the Advanced Australia thing, he's like mm-hmm. a full on Tory. I knew him at uni. Actually, he's actually kind of funny guy. No. This has achieved every objective it wanted to. It's got all the lefties obsessed with themselves and social media. Mm. Captain Get Up has worked.
1: Yeah. I mean I mean unsurprisingly, Captain Get Up is not directed to supporters of Get Up. <laughs> like it's, it's, it is not Perhaps uh, uh, jaw-droppingly, flooringly. (laughs) This is Sam again. Is that is that important? I I was
2: going to play something for you, but
1: no, no, keep going, keep going. (laughs) But no, I mean, look. To be honest, it is quite hard for right-wing people to do satire. (laughs) That's true. Yes. But well, not well, although not if you do it right. But but obviously, Captain Get Up, who is supposed to be satire of Get Up and apparently has to tell people he's a satire of Get Up because mm-hmm, otherwise constantly. people won't know, who himself now has a left-wing satirical version of himself. Yes, we're through the looking glass, people. started trolling me on Twitter and has currently amassed oh, no, um, 11 Charles followers Post. or something. No, Charles it's Perth not. No,
0: there's a different one. There's no, another, one. One.
1: another one. created one. Yeah, yeah, no, that, he's funny though. This is, this, is some, this is someone else. And, you know, quite frankly, Stalinists aren't very good at satire either. Like I had a whole bunch of tweets telling me that Egg Boy was the modern-day equivalent of the Red Army. He was, wasn't he? Well, there were fewer (laughs) of him. I mean, they're going to need a couple of of extras. But,
0: guys, really. No, it's been effective. It's been effective. How is this as a strategy, though, having long, let's say, five-minute videos, which these days is long, where you're just standing in front of another candidate's campaign materials and broadcasting that while being like, oh, oh, oh well, I'm a good candidate. Oh, okay,
2: no, no, we're looking at the objective differently. Oh, you're seeing whether it's politically ob- – no, 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 sorry, sorry. Oh, no. You mean no. for
0: the sake of the advertising agency it's I'm saying
2: where it's effective for, right? It, well, it depends what your goal is. If your goal is to win an election, no, it's a terrible idea, right? <laughs> if your goal is to get fundraising dollars from pissed-off right-wingers who are way too cashed up and spend their time thinking that, you know, Hey. If Rowan Dean is seen as a quote unquote satirist, right, <laughs> everything goes. So no, it's been, I'm sure but it's been effective. Is he? There's the well, no, issue, no, Sam. Well, well, he, he is because he calls himself and he gets books that's published. Right. And so, he I self mean, identifies he as self a satirist. Right. Right. And okay. Who are you? The
1: left of all people should respect that.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, well, let's yeah take right. that joke Satirism is fluid, but if he turns like he's been effective in, I'm sure there is a whole bunch of rich old blokes who think it's hilarious and are funding him. I bet you it's funding the other activities of Advanced Australia, which I'm sure are a lot more kind of secretive and uh, more carefully placed. Things like Facebook posts and that Mm. that we don't see that aren't being targeted to us. If this is a objective to be loud so that you're getting fundraising money come through, I'm sure it's incredibly effective. If it in itself objective is to actually win the election, no, nah, it's just stupid.
1: I think well, I think what it does more than anything is it just it just doesn't really change any votes at all. You've got the you pro get up people who lampoon it and, you know, write columns about it in, in Fairfax or whatever it's called now, nine. Um, they're not allowed to would be political on Twitter anymore, so I guess they've got to express themselves somehow. <laughs> um, and then you've got the hard right who thinks it's totally hilarious. Oh, it's, you know, like, Get Up are a bunch of dumb hippies. <laughs> well, we all know that, but we all know that Captain Ooh. Get Up's not particularly funny either. So, um
0: I mean, I think Captain GetUp's hilarious, but not for the reasons that Captain. That's get right, but
1: he's not really intense. changing any votes if he's funneling money to to candidates in key marginal seats. No, he's be, raising money, yeah, raise, yeah. raising money, and and ma- managing to get that to people who on the right who need it to sandbag their seats, maybe, but. Sam is right in the sense that it gets people talking about the things that Labor wants to be out there talking about: health, education, you know, tax cuts for low-income workers, you know, the big end of town taking care of themselves, and wages being flatlined under this government. Blah 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 blah. All that stuff is going to appeal to the the middle voters. They they still need and elections are still won and lost in the middle. If the right can um, keep pushing home this narrative. To be honest, it's not going to make a jot of difference because Labor's still going to win the election. But their only hope to sort of contain the losses is to say, no, actually Bill Shorten's not there looking after your hospitals and your schools and making sure you have got childcare places or giving tax cuts to the battlers. He is a puppet of uh, the Greens, of the lunar left, Blah blah blah. Yeah. So the, the more the election is about get up and not about mainstream labour, the better it goes for the. I,
2: I agree with that, and I actually think this whole independent media sucking out thing is actually a problem now for the Labour Party, right? Mm. Like what is happening in Moringo is not going to affect the country. What's happening in Wentworth's not really going to affect the country. What's happening down in you know um, uh, Greg Hunt seats not really going to affect the yeah. country, and it's just sucking all this oxygen out. So let's look at week one, right? Mm-hmm. Labour want to talk about health. Yep. Conservatives wanted to talk about the economy, jobs, uh, post-budget. Everyone was trying to spend the week and a bit running post their budget. Labor had all this health funding. They just kind of tried to roll it out. The conservatives tried to get the jobs thing happening. And it's like, it's like the start of the campaign where everyone's trying to be nice. You know, you know, a boxing match, right? Because as a professional boxer, you can tell from my body. Uh, as yeah, a MMA concert. fighter. Yeah, that's right. that's right. I'm the only person to take my shirt off and look like I'm still wearing a sweater.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, me too. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh,
2: that's right. Well, that's the gorilla man. That's right. Um, uh, but the first person uh, to, and I think it's about to break, the first campaign week now that we're going into at the end of the first week is where it's going to start getting dirty. Yeah. When people are going to start yeah. dropping bombs on each other. This is the bit that ex- – so I'm getting very excited right <laughs> now. Just, I'm getting animated, right? It's going to get dirty.
0: And yes. who's going to do it first, Sam?
2: Oh, I, here's what will happen. It will the conservatives going dirty first, mm-hmm. right, because they need to change the trajectory. Right. Mm. right now, week one, this trajectory, Bill Shorten will win. Yep. So the conservatives have to change the trajectory. And that means they have to be heard and they have to break through. You've got an Easter weekend, which well, is shit for them because that means no one's going to yep. listen. I mean, everyone this weekend's busy listening to this podcast. So how on earth are they going to have time for anything else? Uh, and then we get into next week and they're going to have to shake it up. So they're going to have to be loud, mean, and they're going to have to start kicking the
1: shit out of Bill. Well, the thing is, I, I I performed a first person experiment um this this week because I actually went on holidays. Uh, sc- right, first week of school holidays. No, no, because I just said it now. It's tax deductible. <laughs> um, so uh, went down, spent a few days in a caravan park on the south coast with a family and um and another family we're friends with, and not a single person, not a single person, raised with me the election. I did not. I did not even. No, it was on for all intents and purposes for the last five days. And frankly, I'm a political junkie. So I was basically like a heroin addict forgetting he was addicted to heroin. And that—that's how, I'm. Inspired. That's a great analogy, Joe. Yeah. But it's true. Is not it? Joe held around. I'm like a heroin addict who forgets <laughs> okay. I'm addicted to heroin. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. have it's that on my easy. new business card. It's
0: very easy yeah. to forget. You're a class doing a your addiction, addiction
1: wrong. <laughs> but I—I think that I think that A speaks got my
0: wallet. I got my keys. Oh fuck! Oh, I forgot my I heroin addiction. Forgot my addiction. caps. <laughs> Sorry, go. But on.
1: it's. But I think it speaks to how uninspiring the um uh the leaders are. Yeah. I think it speaks to how fatigued people are with politics generally. They they basically don't want to get excited about it because not yeah. only is there not much to be excited about it, but anything they do get excited about, they're bound to be disappointed anyway, whether it's the the rolling of the leader they voted for or backflipping on on policies, both of which happened by the last two um, coloured governments. And, and, and it was kind of quite beautiful. It was kind of quite beautiful. But um, – how are they going to turn? When you say they've got to go negative, they can't go negative on Easter, they can't go negative on Anzac Day. So the, the coalition has kind of boxed themselves in the corner where they've basically got to come out of, you know, yeah. come out of paying our respects to the Lord Jesus Christ and our diggers and then say, right, you're all you're a bunch of... C- yeah Bunch of what?
0: I'll say a bunch of <laughs> c- <laughs> That's right, that's If they wanted to make it really conceptual, of course, they could go negative on Good Friday... Sort of nothing mm. over yeah. the weekend. And then, of course, on Easter Sunday, they rise again with a positive ad. <laughs> yeah,
2: the, the chances are that incredibly high.
0: There's not um, enough uh, religious allegory. And
2: what you're going to have to first. watch at the moment is this whole we're not campaigning, but we're campaigning over this period. Mm. So, yeah. both political parties have said they're not going to campaign over that period. But, of course, they're desperate to campaign. Yep. So how they actually find a way to campaign. I remember when Kevin used to do the classic every Sunday. Go he'd to just, church. He'd go to church and yep. then he'd do, He wouldn't hold He'd just let the, let the cameras know and they'd kind of grab him coming out yep. of church and then he'd say something. So all of a sudden it became a press conference of him walking out of church every week. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a similar where They won't be campaigning, but the cameras would just be there and have to capture them doing the shots of them. Not There will be footage of them. The story will be today the candidates
1: weren't campaigning. Right. that will be how the story starts with footage of them campaigning. but there's even already a shadow campaign going on underneath the real campaign about Australia's one actual true religion, which is football where um Pembo um, brought this up uh, the other day where um Bill shorten when he announced his sort of you know his great backyard yep. announcement about how we all yep. have to get energetic about this campaign in, the most unenergetic speech I have ever seen I think in that's my life. I every
0: think, Bill Shorten speech oh my is it God not in heaven. <laughs> it's
1: like he just dropped a mogadon before he started talking, and and I'm now picturing Bill <laughs> dropping pills. That's right. Well, that's right. He's got we to need, a heroin we need, addiction. We need more Bill testing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and and he gets up and Oh, that's going to call this episode Pe- Bill testing. And Pembo knows, I didn't even notice, but Pembo knows apparently he was wearing maroon because he was trying to s- signal that he was a big Queensland supporter, which is where yeah, of course yeah, Labour yeah, needs to pick is. up a swag of seats. And then Scott Morrison uh the other day was asked, and, and Bill, of course, he's a Collingwood supporter yep. because all great ALP leaders like Paul Keating and and um and Bill Shorten, apparently. Um <laughs> go for Collingwood because it has the greatest number of fans, even though most of them can't write their own names. And hey, I'm a Bombers supporter. It's personal. And, and then Scott Morrison gets asked about it and he says, well, I'm not going to, you know, he says, are you, are you a Collingwood supporter? He says, oh, look, well, I like AFL, but, you know, I'm not fake or whatever. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a faker, mm. you know. Yeah. I'm just going to call it like it is. I'm a, go. So and I they're find, already trying to position themselves.
0: Yeah, I find that if you have to tell people that you're not something, There's an issue there
1: Also like if you have to tell people you're satire (laughs) Okay, okay, okay But this whole football thing It's a real
2: thing in politics Yeah, of course So I remember when Chris Bowen who's a big AFL fan, made all these Labor MPs join the uh, Western Sydney Giants. I think I was a member yeah. for a year. Yeah. Right? I went yeah.
0: to, GWS, I GWS. GWS. I don't
2: know what the fuck was happening. I went out to a game with Jason Clare and a few others and I'm just sitting there and halfway through I said, are we winning? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know what's happening because it's real football. So. Yeah, just people just yeah, ping pong, People kicking around balls. But there's that, there's the Wanderers. Football. There's you, You've got to be a, a fan. I remember... When Julia Gillard did her Western Sydney Reset, which was a train wreck of a week, right? I don't know if people remember listening to this. There was some idiot called Sam Dastyari who came up with this idea <laughs> that said, hey, Julia, you need to spend a week in Western Sydney and call it the Western mm. Sydney Reset or Western Sydney Week. Right? In in the list of dumb ideas I've had, sure, it's not even in the top ten,
1: but it was a bad one, right? But no, Can I just say, I'm going to speak in your defence, it, it was a good idea appallingly executed. <laughs> She went to Western Sydney and then didn't go to Western Sydney. She basically barricaded herself in the Rudy Hill RSL. I was there as well. Yeah. Know, instead of getting out there and chatting to, you know, all the, you know, whoever they were, the deliverance people or just the good old-fashioned tradies who wanted to have a word, instead of immersing herself in them and among them, she had this nice little fancy dinner with a whole bunch of mummy bloggers. Nothing could have said to the people of Western Sydney, I am disconnected from you more than that. Yes, there could have
2: been one thing and there was the Telegraph's front page and that was her luggage bags had international travel tagged on them. (laughs) 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 They'd packed it like it was an international trip (laughs) for her to go to the Rudy Hill RSL. (laughs) And the best is, right, because I was so close to Kevin and I was a Kevinista and Kevin's as was Joe, the whole story was... I mean, objective journalist. All these yeah. people kept calling me, all these like Kevin supporters saying, you fucking genius, Dastiari. Way to undermine the Gillard. No, no, no. I was genuine about this one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> one uh, big footy one that we've missed here if we're talking particularly within Sydney. So mm-hmm. rugby league is my yeah. religion. Um, I, you know, I'm uh, on Triple M, host a sports program last year. Uh, the year before last year, hosted a dedicated rugby league program. The Newtown Jets... Is a massive one. Mm-hmm. As a Jets fan, the number of you know labor associations I've seen there, the number of you know announcements, it's it's a big one. The Jets. Oh, oh.
1: look, it's great, but but who are they trying to win the seat off? Like they're, it's the safest seat in the world. The only the only but the only threat loves to those.
0: The Jets. It go, it goes out further, and also it's just such an easy way to go. I'm a rugby league That's guy.
1: Does everyone so love the no Jets? Everyone loves the everyone Jets past Marrickville. Hit
0: us up on Twitter <laughs> at AHK. Who hey, the fuck cares? Yeah, because Hoverland. everyone in the inner west is on Twitter. Sam yeah. Destiari, sorry, sorry, sorry. Who's even like heard of the, the Newtown Jets? Uh,
2: when you say Jets, I was literally thinking West Side Story. When you're a jet, you're <laughs> a jet, all the
1: way from your first cigarette to your last dying date. That's fair. <laughs> That suddenly made this the most expensive podcast ever. <laughs> this is the thing; like, there is no point in changing. I mean, Albo's ingrained in the last time around. Albo got something like sixty percent of the yeah. Primary I think will be in trouble when Anthony goes. Uh, yeah, oh, sure. Oh, sure. Right. Um, and and the guy they had running in um in the state election last time, but it's like the, the guy the Greens had, Joe Hale, and the state MP for Summer Hill. They the Greens put put up someone against him. I mean, this is crazy yeah. socialist who didn't even believe in prisons. <laughs> Like, like, what hey, hey, got what? a point. <laughs> Not, obviously, no one believes in prisons for ex-politicians like, and journalists.
0: Yeah, with your sort of increasing uh, um, disgrace by the day kind of thing, Sam, perhaps we should be campaigning against well, prisons just well, to be safe.
2: on that, on that, the PM had a bit of a dig at me on the news oh, last night. Here right? we go. This is this little grab that you've Yeah, yeah, I've been trying to get this- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we per- carefully preparing, like, yeah, literally I've got on my phone. So I, I just think, you know, I just- Every week we decide what we're going to do is like the disgrace of the week and yep. every week it's me. And I just feel like I'm kind of <laughs> proud. So th- this was this, this was service. last night.
1: The campaign bus to the gravy train, that's uh, quite a, a passage for, for Sam Dastyari.
2: There I go. There I go. Make the news, get a grab from yeah. the PM.
0: A nice little gravy passage.
1: Yeah. A a gravy train. How much are you getting paid for this? Not enough. Oh, really? I just want to let Sportsbet know that I clearly, look, Bring I on the gravy we, sports! I thought Brett. it was
2: very nice of the prime minister to hold a press conference to talk about our shitty little podcast, mm. and the fact that you know <laughs> he made reference to it on the Channel Nine news last night was a big fucking
1: call. Yeah, and God bless him. We've arrived.
2: We've arrived. Right. better than sorry, better than what you were saying in our rehearsal, which is I've come.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: every week we want to explore some of those uh, very Australian tropes of the election. You know, you've got your democracy sausage, you've got the bus and then of course you've got what actually happens when you go into the booth with your ballot paper? You know, you've got your donkey votes, you've got your thrown away, adding a celebrity's name, you've got writing a message to the Prime Minister that he's
1: going to see. And then you've got those really annoying people who draw a cock and balls on the ballot paper. Uh, I and mean, if I ever heads, found out who heads. was responsible for that little epidemic, oh, I just don't know what I...
0: Well, thank you for that, uh, for that intro, Joe. Yes, yeah, so in the 2016 federal election, the last federal election, the Australian Electoral Commission... Uh, announced at the end of it, or I think journos asked, and and they revealed that there was a record-breaking, never-before-seen spike in the number of cock and balls that Australians had drawn on their ballot papers. Makes
1: you proud, doesn't it? Uh,
0: Well, unfortunately, I'm 100% serious when I say that it was all my fault.
2: (laughs) Hang on, hang on. How is it all your fault? How many cock and balls can you draw on a ballot paper? Like 27.
0: (laughs) My wrists were really sore. (laughs) In uh, 2013, I was hosting. I created the politics show on FBI Radio called Back Chat, it's still on the air. But when we first started it, it was a very—I mean, I guess you can take from the title that it was a very sort of like sassy, larrikin-y, cheeky, tongue-in-cheek kind of show. When
1: you have to call it yeah, sassy, that's right. it's not. if you have to. Yeah, well, because we, you've no, never heard it, guys. The, we've established the rule. Is it satire? All
0: right. No. Well, I mean, there are elements <laughs> of it there, but anyway. Okay. Um, and uh, basically, I did this. Um, just to say that I could, I tweeted at the AEC uh, because I'd sort of thrown it away, uh, thrown it out curiously on air and I thought I should look into that. If you number all the boxes correctly but then also draw a cock and balls on your ballot paper, is it an informal vote? Mm -hmm. And I didn't expect a response. The AEC did respond. (gasps) They what came back and they said, as long as the boxes are numbered correctly, it will be counted as a formal vote.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Because isn't there, the whole debate intention is, is uh, intention is clear. That's right.
0: Yeah. So it got screenshot. It. It started off with Pauline Pantsdown, with her rather big following, sharing that around. Funnily enough, Sportsbet was one of the, so this was in 2013, Sportsbet was one of the early uh, adopters of this (laughs) because in the last election, it became like every brand's election content. It's spread far and wide. Basically, if there's an election, not even a federal one, if there's a, 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 a local election in WA, my Twitter notifications are going off from people really? sharing it. Yes, last federal election. I can't remember exactly what which one it was, but there was one post alone on Facebook that was that screenshot that had 30,000 shares before lunchtime. Wow. So it went wild. I had to pretty much stay off Twitter that day because it was going, my notifications were going faster than I could manage them.
1: Hang on a minute though. Look, I know you think it's all very funny. It's all a bunch of, you know, barrel of laughs. But this could be, this could have very serious ramifications that I'm not sure you thought through. Because isn't it the, isn't it the case? I think in the US in elections, you can actually write someone's name yes, on the ballot Yes, an you can write in a candidate. That's an American. You in some states, yes, which which people who have failed to to have been banned or disendorsed or whatever it is, um, will sometimes use to try to to send a message or maybe even pull off the unthinkable. And I think you can also in some in in some sort of single party states like dictatorships, communist states or whatever, sometimes people to protest. Mm. Will write in a different candidate when there's only literally, you know, who would you one like to it. vote for? One, Kim Jong Un. One, and that there it ends. He, he <laughs> Those places don't normally Ob- have <laughs> secret ballots. Obviously, by the way. Yeah, obviously, you know, after you vote, you very quickly get escorted to a, um, a, a progressive re-education facility. But so does this mean that if you draw a cock and balls? on your ballot paper or indeed if enough people well, throw ball- a cock and balls on their ballot paper that we might actually elect a dick?
2: Turnbull won. Oh, oh! Look at the setup oh. for that joke, really? But look, for me,
0: like, it, it, basically no matter what I do, given the sort of far-reaching effect of that, Rightly or wrongly, it will be my greatest legacy. Um, But for me, it said something actually really interesting, this cock and bull situation. I thought this podcast
2: would be your greatest legacy. I feel like you're being a bit harsh (laughs) on yourself.
0: For me, it said something really interesting about the state of Australian democracy because that particular election, let's face it, the general mood was that sort of neither... uh, Leading candidate was particularly inspiring. It was sort of it was much like a Roosters v Storm grand final last year, where it was more you just wanted the least worst one, you just wanted the Jets, win you just wanted the <laughs> Jets.
1: <laughs> when you're it's a those jet. hipsters, but, and also Chilatto is getting cold. That's it.
0: But also at that sometimes they're nice little cold one on a hot day. Ta- no, I'm just pulling that out of my environment. House. But also at that point, we had had four prime ministers in three years, and so this huge sort of frustration and apathy and resignation had really s- s- sort of sunk in. Hmm. No. And hang on. Well, you're a politician. You sit pretty far away from the. That's not what happened. Australia's
2: just like cocks. No, no. But (laughs) here, for the first
0: time, a wide sort of segment of the country, I mean, it must have spread to fucking millions of impressions on social media. For the first time, this extraordinary number of people knew that they could vent that frustration, do that, perform that little fun act of like larrikin, civil disobedience, without throwing their vote away.
2: You are political herpes. That's what you are. You are political herpes. That's you create this little thing. It continues. Hey, people can still perform their function, right? It still counts. But it's like this virus that stays with the political system forever. And I, yeah. I have nowhere else to take this analogy. And I feel like I'm getting death stares from
1: well, the two did of you. you. No, not at all. It was just reminding me. Do you know? You know how there used to be that um, myth that you, if you raise your little pinky, your little finger while you're drinking a cup of tea, that that's quite a sophisticated upper-class aristocratic sort of thing to do.
0: Yes, and it actually became a marker for the opposite.
1: That's right. Well, it actually always was a marker for the opposite. Mm. The reason it came about was because apparently in the French court um, uh, they, they would use that thing when everyone's shagging everyone, you know, they're just and, – and French, of course, was seen as, you know, the high fashion, a bit gaudy but, you know, high fashion and fancier than everyone else and they ate better than everyone else and dressed fancier than everyone else, et cetera, et cetera, and had all these, you know, highfalutin manners. But all the um, – all the the, the – the courtiers, all the philandras, or the you know dukes and duchesses, or whatever, who were all shagging like crazy, um, were of course riddled with disease. And ah. so, so raising your little finger while you're having a cup of tea in the in the you know in the king's in the court, chambers yeah. or whatever in the court, and you know giving a bit of a wink to the you know the nice bodest lady over yonder across mm-hmm. the other side of the room, raising a little finger, let her know that you've got syphilis or Herpes or whatever it might be, and and she would then if she also had it, she would raise her little finger. Ah,
0: so
2: then it was. And so then you knew that
1: you had nothing to lose. So maybe we need to give the little finger.
2: Ah, that's that's it. Okay, so just I know this is the point. You're all diseased, but all fucked.
1: So let's just raise the little finger. But I
2: have some questions here, right? Yeah, this is not related at all. Now we're just completely off topic. But just bear with me for a sec. Why? So you're. What is if if someone is raising their finger to me, mm-hmm. right? So usually a different one. Usually a different one, right? The little finger. So you're letting them know that you have syphilis. That's right. Me letting people know that I have syphilis via my. Facebook and Twitter posting has not worked in my favour. <laughs> Have you tried it? It's tried? decreased my chances of getting laid. Like you they're you pretty bad to begin with, but the syphilis post just really brought it down.
1: Have you tried it on Tinder? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, this election, you know, you've got your donkey vote, you've got your wasted vote. Consider a Kayleigh vote from me, vote. the herpes of politics. <laughs> Guys, as part of our duty to help the voters, uh, we we look into a we, well, we've pledged to look into a micro party each time. And Joe, who have you? It,
2: it, it's a commitment we're probably not going to keep, like all election commitments. <laughs> we figure they're, they're our strongest support
1: base.
0: As a, <laughs> as a radio broadcaster of nine years, I will be. Did I say nine years? Nine years, although I am with Southern Cross Stereo, so I guess I am nine years. I will be forcing us to commit to the structure of this fucking podcast because I need it. Joe. So authoritarian. Which micro party are we, I'm a stroppy little socialist, are we talking about this
1: week? Well, I just um, got a little Twitter follow from this little party called the Flux Party. Ah, yes. Or someone who was from the Flux Party. I don't think he was their leader though because as far as I'm aware... They don't believe in leaders. I'm going to um, tell you what they do believe in. In Thank fact, you. I'm going to quote directly from their philosophy white paper. And gosh, we haven't heard those two words put together in Australian politics for a while, have we? <laughs> oh, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, abstract. This is a party that has an abstract. Mm, very good. Um, uh, this paper identifies fundamental flaws in our current democratic systems. I'm with you there. And explains that while they were useful previously, no, they no longer serve their purpose and need to be replaced. We will explain how authority in democracy acts as a restriction on political progress and describe a new model of democracy which removes authority from decision-making, allowing a new era of political prosperity. Uh, Sam? I have met them.
2: So this really? guy called Max K, who's kind of right in there, kind of I think he's their leader if there is one. Top guy, really really smart. Uh, they've got this kind of voting system. Effectively, they want online voting in real time on the blockchain for everything. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, "This is how we tear down the political class." And I looked is at him and I said, "Well, I said to him, I'm the fucking political class. Tear them all down. That's my opinion. <laughs> I'm literally the exact wrong person to pitch to. Like he said, we will bring down the establishment." And I looked around and goes.
1: I'm the establishment. Notre <laughs> Dame was the establishment. That's got broader. That's what happens when you bring down the. This. this is what I don't understand. So you have um, you remove authority from decision making. How can you have okay decision, what make? decision what making? Because decision they is to... real time. What they talked to me about was real
2: time online participation and voting. Right now, there is some validity to some of the stuff they're saying. Right, I think the fact that you can't vote online elections is getting ridiculous in this day and age. Yes. Mm. that the technology that that frankly. If I can use and if I can transfer fifty thousand dollars using my phone and that's secure, why can't I vote? Mm-hmm. I mean this the I emergency. voted online
0: in the New South Wales election. that was so as you guys know, I've had really rough trot with health this year and I basically couldn't get out of bed to vote for it. I remember Sam, you rang me and I sort of shot you a message. I was like, hey, I'm really under the weather. I'm trying to get fucking I vote to work and work out like which anti-immigration party to put last, but it finally did get there and I, I would be open to doing it again okay. in the future.
2: Well, I, I misunderstood that text. Was I got a text from you when I tried to call you saying, hey, I'm under the weather. When I feel a bit better, I'll give you a call. And I felt that was just every text message someone has sent me. <laughs> since having, since since my divorce, that's been every text message that I get once a week. So I misunderstood. Every guy or girl yeah. I try and contact sends the same yeah. thing to me. So I didn't understand at the time yeah. you were genuine. I saying, was washing
1: her hair that night. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's what what, what um, hair
0: I had left, yeah.
1: But so, but this is this is the problem because we have evolved. evolved Democratic system here, which is why, like, if these people want everyone to be able to vote on major decisions all the time, great. You just invented Brexit. Mm, like, yes. that, is, that is the whole problem isn't capital it? punishment. Some, some decisions, that's right, capital punishment, if there was uh, a referendum on it, it's so the, the political wisdom goes, is that it would be back in a flash. But both the major political parties, yes, they're elitist, yes, they're institutionalized, yes, you know, they the so Hey, man, it's the hierarchy, man. But they, they both know, well, this is actually not good for people. It's not good for the country. And so much like they did with One Nation in 1998, said we're just going to have a little gentleman's agreement on the side behind the speaker's, uh, speaker's chair and just say, okay, we're not going to let this happen. So you you actually need – isn't the great dangerous idea, to quote a Sydney Opera House festival that is also very elitist, Um that, I remember when you were you a actually... guest in
0: a show that I wrote for
1: that show, <laughs> and what a magnificent show it was. It was the had. jokes were very, great. I remember it very well. But you actually do—you do need a bit of hierarchy. Yeah, you do. Need, I mean, didn't Lee Rhiannon's office, uh, the Greens senator who's the head of the Stalinist faction of the New South Wales Greens, um, didn't she have a flat? She did. Office, she did. Everyone, non-hierarchical everyone, yeah. office structure. I am chief of staff. I am chief of staff. I am chief of staff. We are all <laughs> chiefs of staff, and we know, we know how about well that I'm the coffee meant. boy. But... <laughs> I mean this is a thing. Is you you want policy. some <laughs> democracy but not too much of it. But did yeah. you know when, when democracy was Just actually taste? When democracy was actually invented um, in ancient Greece by ancient Greece, although the Romans, who were much better politicians, actually retrospectively said, Oh no, we invented it first. And the Greeks said, Really? When did you invent it? And the Romans said, Well, when did you invent it? <laughs> and the Greeks went, around what, 500 BC. And they go, ha, 550. Ha, <laughs> uh, great terrible lies, the Romans That's what happens when you forge an empire based entirely on a city full of criminals.. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And if you're from ancient Rome, please don't yep. write in complaining <laughs> about that's that. That's right.
1: If you're an ancient Roman and you're offended by what I've just said, send your letters okay. to mornings at channel 9com Oh, uh, see that that but, was an that, that was the original idea of that, that was, was the original idea the of democracy. So the whole all the eligible men who uh, yep. t- who could vote in a in a polis or whatever, in Athens or wherever it may be, uh, a little city because I think polis meant city. Um, you would you would actually you would actually stick up your hands and say, someone has come up and say, right, should we invade the next town? And everyone would go, yeah, all right, let's do it. And so they would have just these base, ongoing, constant votes, you know, every other day in the town square on whether or not to go to war to kill people. And it was fucking insane. Yep, Delegated
2: power. Delegated power. Delegated power. Look, as a as a proper, you know, well, the interesting thing from Rhiannon too is that for running the Stalinist faction, the flat structure is the only part of authority that the Stalinists didn't actually like. Um, <laughs> you know, like it was, was just a sad. weird. Stalin
1: was quite hierarchical, as it and, turned uh, out.
2: And what I love was the, the conservatives in the Senate, George Brandis and all that, used to keep giving Lee Rhiannon shit. They used to keep yelling at her, goes, "You used to be a, you used to be a communist. You used to be, you're a communist." It's she's like, yeah. Yeah, I was. That's right. I ran the communist. I right. still fucking do. Like that's, I still that's right. am. Like, the yeah. part she
1: was offended by was the used to be. <laughs> yeah, that's, right, that's right. Like, they're like. This
2: is the ultimate insult you can throw at someone. But no, look, flux aren't actually the worst of them. Uh, I think they've got some good ideas about how you can do online mm-hmm. voting, how you can use, greater part- use technology for participation, the blockchain and all that stuff. But this idea that you're going to have live delegated authority when it comes to policy, you know, what ends up happening is the most popular outcome is going to be the most effective. And that is not what democracy is actually about. Democracy should not just be about mob rule, mm-hmm. should not be about 51%. And when it comes to things like, you know, you know, uh, funding and, and what we do and the totality of it all, no, I actually think that, look, I'm saying this is the former General Secretary of the New South Wales Labor Party. I feel a little bit of authority and command and control is a good thing. <laughs> I'm just saying, look, the the, the Chinese have a point.
0: Of course, as we know, uh, the internet is where elections are won and lost. <laughs> that's
1: right. We've actually gone and looked into it, and you were right. So I was correct. I love how we have yeah.
2: it's episode three, and we have our own in jokes now. That's, that's right. So, for, for those who are not connoisseurs of this uh, of this podcast, at an early episode age, AH made the observation that elections Twitter were won or lost <laughs> on
1: Twitter. <laughs> no,
0: no, I didn't say Twitter. I said the internet. internet and, and please let me so remind Instagram you. So,
1: Instagram too. Well, you know what? That's if the Flux Party was in charge, <laughs> that's it true. would be where they were won and lost.
0: Please let me remind you that I had to come up with an intro off the top of my head. Yes. That wasn't an issue this time because we've really drawn it out, guys. We want to look at our tweets of the week, oh, don't yes. we? Ah,
2: uh, tweet of the week.
0: Sam, what's yours?
2: I don't have a good one this oh, week. Cool. I've, I've kind of felt I need to stay off Twitter a bit at the moment. I um, <laughs> I uh, Jackie Lambie very hilariously sent me a couple of images of herself sucking a. Well, swallowing or eating a sausage, which a was d- quite a dog, or a Pluto pup. Integrate, goddamn you! Yeah, yeah, that's right. so we're as ethnics. Um, as, as they quite. A, well, I just thought the fact that she was sending me an image of her eating pork was just not really considerate of my Islamic heritage, <sighs> yeah. um, which I said while I was not drinking a beer. Um, but I, uh, I posted it myself. And got the shit kicked out of me on social media for uh, for not placing enough context on it. And uh, I got 550 last time I checked Facebook oh. people commenting, all of which were attacking me, not quite observant of the fact that Jackie sent it to me oh, and posted it herself and it was a joke.
1: God, the internet is so annoying.
2: Uh, I think that I have, a, I have a, I, I fell into some work circles and
1: some people decided to be very angry at me, which is not that different than...
2: Normally the conservatives are angry at me. I was going to say, let me like guess. Me. The
1: left abused you because you were sexualizing a woman in politics and Jackie Lambie's fans on the right abused you because, well, it was Jackie Lambie.
2: Bit of both, yeah. Mm, Bit of both. I've, nice.
1: I found that sweet spot of being hated by everyone. That's right. Welcome right, to the world right. of the sensible I call, centre.
2: I call that the Dastiari <laughs> Ven. <laughs>
0: Imagine that, because everyone loves me. They My do. What tweet, is your tweet of
1: the week? Actually? My tweet of the
0: week is Annalise Nielsen from Sky News Australia tweeted uh, some pictures from uh, Instagram stories of Scott Morrison hanging out with tradies, chatting to a lady at the shops, and said the PM stopped to get a coffee this morning between events and decided to spend some time walking the street and posting to Instagram while the journos on his campaign were left waiting on the bus good with on him. no information. And good of course, on him. Sam, you had a bus-related breakdown that we talked about yeah, last time. Yeah, but good
2: on him. No, screw them. He doesn't know the journos anything. They want to be on his bus. They can be on his bus. No one's forcing them to be but there. This he what, doesn't
1: owe them shit. But this is why the press gallery always send their second-tier journos on the bus now. Because They used to be, you know, the main journal go on the bus with the PM or the opposition mm. leader, and then they realised that they were literally being imprisoned and literally being sort of treated like caged and, animals. Yeah. And, this and is Joe's justification.
2: They wouldn't send him on the bus. They kept saying, oh, no, what are you're, t- gonna send? you're too important no, for the I bus, No, I know this because I was the one who was
1: always on the bus. <laughs> sooner, sooner or later I was the only one on
0: the bus. Joe, what's your tweet of the week?
1: Well, as I mentioned, I was on holidays yeah. this week with the fam and so I was um, on a, basically on a social media blackout. Like I didn't do anything on social media except retweet praise of myself. Um, <laughs> what's changed? Is, as so, close as I get so, to it, so, all out bad. So the three tweets that he got that were praising of him, he retweeted this week? Two. But um, yes, yes, I did. Uh, but I did, I did come across. Um, we had the kids with us, obviously, and um, our friends' <laughs> kids, and so um, that. And I got the, I got the because I'm the fun one. Everyone loves me. Let's face it. Mm. And I was. If um, you
0: have to say it.
1: And one of the you're like that, the flux party of dads. <laughs> they can't say it because we can't employ them out of New South Wales law. Um, but um, they asked me to read a book to them mm-hmm. and uh, I said, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And she said, you know, what do you want me to read? She said, this one's my favourite, it's my favourite. And they give me a book I'd never seen before and I thought I'd seen every children's book under the sun. It's called If I Was Prime Minister.
0: Oh. Like, Whoa, hang on.
1: That's a bit political. You know, Miranda Devine is not going to like this. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, I'm reading it and it's basically this massive treatise on, you know, why are all prime ministers all grown-ups? Why are they all adults? And, you know and have and, they uh, met them? <laughs> and it said and, and it actually says if I was Prime Minister, and of course, you know, why can't a kid be prime minister? Maybe, you know, we'd learn something about ourselves from the innocence of the child. Mm. And like the things that are, you know, they want to invent a submarine to go around you know, picking up all the... Spaceships of the future. No, not even that. No, it's like submarines, um, you know, picking up all the the, the the pollution in the oceans and all the rubbish and the plastics in the oceans and hanging rainbows everywhere. You know where this is going, don't oh you? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh Why oh can't we God. just be friends with everyone? Why can't we just let everyone in? Like, what about the kid? Where are the kids who believe in hard borders? <laughs> Ah, We're in the kids who believe in fiscal a, rectitude. This, this, <laughs> this is, is my minute. sandbox, motherfucker. That's right. If I was prime
2: minister, I'd want a strong economy. <laughs> No, this is my sandbox, and I decide who comes in my sandbox.
1: (laughs) And then I look, I I turn it over, of course, and I I should—I didn't even have to look—and I turn it over to see the publisher. So who's it? ABC books. Oh, cultural Marxism. Cultural Marxism. Their
0: ABC once again.
1: Oh, burn, burn. I am so Miranda. I am sending this to you. This is this is next week's column. You're all over it.
2: I I just love it how you guys at News Corp just can talk to each other through podcasts now. (laughs) You don't have to talk to each other through EQ anymore. Well, they cut the, the internal channel. telephone
1: directory, so now we just write columns to each <laughs> other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Guys, I think that's a way to, a, a great way to, to end uh, this uh, third episode if I'm usually more professional. I'm AHK. We're still
2: on the air if on the air counts <laughs> as <Kansas on>. podcasting.
0: <laughs> we're on the radio waves. No, it's not radio okay. we're waves. We're on the internet
2: where elections are won and lost.
1: We're oh. in your pocket.
2: Joe Hill. That should Rand. be our new sign.
1: We're in your pocket.
2: No, no, no. We've got a name for this episode. This episode
1: is bill testing.
0: (laughs) Bye, guys.